You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. Start up my background is I, I came from retail. Got my I tried to apply for like two years and then finally got a job at Federal. Started out kind of an entry-level marketing position and then worked into sales and, and then eventually worked in a shot shell. And then my background was uh, I'd never hunted ducks till I was about 16. And then some of my friends took me out and it just hooked me. You know, my dad wasn't a big waterfall hunter, but that that's how I got, you know, that's kind of my story. And I could elaborate a lot more on that. If, I just got... Uh, this year, the hunting I've done so far this year, I went up to Saskatchewan and shot Sandhill Cranes for the first time with the Black Cloud TSS. So that was pretty cool. No, I've yeah. always heard they're delicious. You got to tell me. It's fantastic. It really is. I, I, you know, people say ribeye of the sky and sirloin. Of the, I can see sirloin of the sky, maybe. It's not like rippled and stuff like ribeye, but it's dang good. And if, you know, when I brought some home, my wife made some and she put it in the stew. And if I told you, you know, beef stew, you would you wouldn't even if we just ate it, you wouldn't even question that there was anything different in there. Sure. Um, and then we made I made some fajitas out of them, just marinated them and grilled them. It's it's fantastic. It's really good. I, I picked a bad day to skip breakfast. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but we can start with that if you want. You know, yeah, like that. yeah, anything like that. Absolutely. No, I've always heard of the you know they're called the ribeye of the sky too. And when I think of a ribeye, I think of you know a really good steak with some good marbling. And I I think to myself, there's no way this bird can have you know good marbling fat content, and but it still sounds good. Yeah, I mean, it looks like. Uh, it looks like a, a goose, you know, the, the mm-hmm. redness of meat, but the, the, the layer, the skin layer is a little, is fattier, um, when you take it off. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. I, I, it was kind of like a bucket list, you know? Mm-hmm. And one thing like I, I, when people say, why do you like duck hunting? And for me, it's like you, you shoot and, and I'm, I'm just good enough. You know, I'm stealing this quote from somebody, but I'm just good enough so that I know I can hit something. But when I do, I'm still excited. And I like that. <laughs> see that thing fall out of the sky, you know, but I'm not that great so that I get mad when I miss all the time. Exactly. But but like a sandhill crane, like the validation of that thump when it hits the ground, that's what I like. That's what I like about duck and goose hunting. So Yeah. That's and cool. they're a big bird. When they say lawn, like I've heard lawn chair falling out of the sky, that, that's exactly right. Wings is flapping all over. Um, I, I, I had actually one hit me like we were there flying at us and it hit my shoulder and knocked me right over you know, <laughs> when I, when I dropped it. So someone said, you're lucky you didn't get harpooned, you know? <laughs> sure. So where was this at? Uh, Saskatchewan. Um, gotcha. and this was, a, you yeah, did like a specific far- Sandhill crane hunt or just kind of, yeah, like- that was what we were gunning for. Um, we, me and uh, me and my boss Rick we had met one of our Canadian sales guys up there. We talked about hunting together for a long time, and we finally made it happen. And uh, he says, "Saskatchewan, we'll get ducks and geese. We'll go after cranes." And we're like, "We want to go after cranes." <laughs> so that was, <laughs> yeah. it was a no brainer. And we did everything, but the cranes was the the goal. That's awesome. So you got into the geese and ducks as well, though. We did. Yeah, we got some speckles, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a white goose spread out. If we would have went dark east, we would have we would have just had a, a pile. But uh, yeah, it was fun. It, it, the, the great thing about Canada is it's such a grab bag. You know, you never know what you're going to get. I shot a really nice Drake Gadwall, and uh, we got some divers and some teal and some mallards, and we, we got a little bit of everything. So literally, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like I need to get up there. Yeah, you, that's what yeah, it sounds like. If you can make if you can make southern Manitoba, southern Saskatchewan, I, I recommend it. In Saskatchewan, it's still it's not, you know, if you see no post-its or posted no hunting signs, typically that means deer hunting, you know. So if you go up and talk to them and say, hey, I want to hunt geese, there's there's laws that prevent um, outfitters from locking everything up. You can't pay people to lease your property. Um, so, and then there's they're pretty relaxed on, like, if you're within the roadway, you have access. And if you're so far away from an occupied building, you can you can just go out. It's good to get permission but they're pretty nice about it. And there's just not a lot of people. So um, you could probably do it yourself and, and get some pretty good results. So, really? Yeah. What, what are you doing next fall, Chandler? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Set her up. That's awesome. Well, that's cool. St. Hill Crane is definitely on, on my bucket list. Cause I'm, I don't know if it's just cause I'm hungry this morning. <laughs> but, um, no, I've always heard, you that. know, I, mean, I think for most, I mean, you know, it hasn't been till too long in the States where you may be able to hunt them. In Minnesota, we can shoot 
one or two up in the far northern corner of the state. So not everybody makes it up there. And around where I live, there's there's thousands of them. Really? So, you know, there's a refuge not too far away and they and it's a real big staging and nesting area for them. So we see them all the time. And for us, it's kind of like just like wishing, you know, so I'm sure it's, it's turning, you know, the populations are, are pretty solid. And they've always been good up in, in uh, Saskatchewan. They've been hunting them there for 30 years so yeah. at least. So. Yeah, I need to get on that. So for everybody who's uh, listening to the podcast today, we're talking with Daniel Compton. And what is your exact position? I know you're with Federal. Um, you uh, you were kind of a part of some of the, the new stuff we're going to talk about today. But uh, what's your affiliation there? I'm the I'm the product line manager for shot shells and rimfire ammunition. So that that covers both federal and CCI brands. And basically, as a product line manager, it's our job to um, to manage the portfolio and then a big focus, obviously, on new products. So we work hand in hand with the engineers. Um, I specifically will, you know, we look at a market need and we, you know, our product development process kind of happens one of two ways. We either go to them and say, hey, I, I, I see a need here. And if you can design this, this and this, I think we got a good product. Or they'll come to me and say, hey, we can do this, this and this. Can you sell it? And then it's my job to analyze the market um, and see where it's going to fit, help position it, come up with pricing, and then work with our creative team on how we're going to get the external messaging out and, and whatnot. And um, and then kind of a filter for all the ideas that come in. You know, um, we get we get ideas from inventors, we get them from consumers, some come internally. And then overall, we have a like a product roadmap that goes out five years that says, you know, in 20, 2019, it's going to look like this, and here's the SKUs, and in 2020, it's the SKUs have a little less detail, but they're lined up and 2021 is more conceptual and 2022 is even more vague, but it's like, we know by that point, we want to start addressing these market areas. So it's my job to kind of manage that process. Excellent. Excellent. So speaking about new products, um, one of the big things we really want to talk about today is the, the, the whole black cloud and how you guys have kind of revamped that load um, over the last year or so. A lot of people still associate Black Cloud with the loads from a couple years ago, but you guys have completely changed it up. So kind of talk about that process and your reasoning behind why you wanted to do that. And then what are some of the new things that are that really have changed in that load? Yeah, Black Cloud came out in uh, 2008, I believe, was the, two, the fall of 2007. We started shipping some, and then 2008 was the full line release. So it's been 10 years. Um, it was the... The, the flight control wad was a big part of that, which is a, a unique technology to us. We'd put that out in turkey loads prior, but black flower was the first time we'd put it in a waterfowl load. So that's a rear braking wad system. It gives you really tight patterns um, and just overall good consistent. We always say edge to edge pa- uh, consistency, which means if you're going to pattern a target and shoot, you know, across 30, that 30 inch pattern target, you're, you're not going to have a lot of gaps in your, in your pattern. You know, we want, we don't want clumps. We want it to be covered so that as a shooter and you're on the bird, you're covering it with pellets and not just, you know, having areas where it can escape. So that's where the flight control wad came in, helped us get good patterns. And then another thing that the, they came up with at that time, this was before I was with the company, but what was called flight stopper steel, which has a band around it. And that band gives the the pellet more surface energy so you can think when it hits something and as it tumbles through the bird it's tearing a bigger hole because there's more it's got that it's it's a it's in a sense a, a bigger pellet with that edge on it and we say it dumps its energy faster which means it's going to slow down quicker in the bird but it's going to do more damage along the way mm-hmm. and i always use like uh you know if you think of an expanding bullet versus a knot you know when you when you're deer hunting and you get that big upset on a uh, you know mushroom from a bullet, or mm-hmm. if you look at personal defense ammo when it opens up and you get that like a federal HST, that iconic looking flower shape, mm-hmm. um, that bullet is creating a bigger hole as it tears through you know the the target, as opposed to a full metal jacket round which doesn't expand at all and it makes just the same hole size as the size of the of the bullet if itself. So if it's nine millimeter bullet, it's going to be a nine millimeter hole. If it's expands double its size, well, now you've doubled that hole. That's kind of what flight stopper steel does. So when we say it hits harder, dumps its energy quicker, that's where that came from. So initially it was all flight stopper pellets was the, uh, what they shot, but then they realized because they're not round, they do scatter a little quicker. 
So they said, what if we blend it? What if we stage it and we put 40% our flight stopper and 60% our regular steel? So now you got a really consistent pattern. You got more energy out of the 40% of the pellets and the flight control wad put it all together and gave you really tight patterns. So it went out, it did really well, but, but almost immediately what we realized is, uh, that was right around the time when uh, external choke tubes or aftermarket tubes were really catching on. And, and, you know, I, I say pattern master because at the time, you know, they were the leaders. I know mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty other great jokes out there too. Um, but I refer to pattern master the most cause I, I've seen them as the industry leader for a long time. But if you shot the flight control wad through a port choke tube, it, it didn't always perform the best. And the reason is if you look at the back of that wad, there's some fins on it and you need that muzzle pressure, you know, that big blast as it comes out of the muzzle, it's going to open those fins up and it acts like a parachute, like an air brake. So with that big blast going to start to slow the wad down, it pulls away from the shot nice and smooth. If you're venting gas to the side, like a ported choke tube does, like a pattern master, or any ported tube, you, you were losing that pressure and it wasn't always enough to open the fins up. And then your shot and your wad didn't always separate. So in a sense, what a pattern master tube is doing or a good port of tubes, it's dropping the muzzle pressure really quick. It helps, which helps equalize the pressure inside a load, which helps it separate cleaner from a wad. So our wad was doing that internally, what an external or a port of choke tube was doing for a, a standard wad. So our stance was, well, we're kind of achieving the same performance of a of your choke tube you already have, so you don't necessarily need it. Well, what you find out is, and you know, I've learned over the years, if you try to explain that to somebody that just spent 120 bucks on a choke tube, they're like, "No, I'm shooting my choke tube." So, <laughs> yeah, um, it it work, it, and and it, it could work, but it might not. So that was where we always were. I would say, pattern your gun and find out. But I, I'd heard stories, I'd seen it in turkey loads where we didn't get the best performance. So we did well, but we always knew there was a portion of the market that wouldn't shoot black cloud for that very reason. You know, they they had aftermarket tube, they wanted to use it. Um, you know, pattern masters and stuff were great with our other loads, you know, with speed shock and the ultra shock that you guys sell. We use, uh, um, high density polyethylene in our wads and they're a little thicker and uh, it really helps arrest like on those ribs inside there. So if you're shooting that, you know, our other loads were great for it too. So that was kind of how we positioned ourselves. Mm-hmm. So about four years ago, um, we set forth the goal. We said, we want to make the flight control wad work out of any choke system that you have. And uh, we went back to the drawing board. We redesigned it so that now we've achieved that. So if you pick a Kicks Choke Tube, if you pick Pattern Master, if you um, um, pick Name Your Brand, um, go out and now you can shoot Black Cloud through it. So that's the latest and greatest version of Black Cloud that we've launched. We're on our second year of sales in that right now. So no so, longer are the days where you have to shoot Black Cloud of a Black Cloud, Black Cloud specific choke. Yeah. Any choke on the market will handle this new flight control flex wad. So that's something that our, our listeners, um, I know, and it, it seems funny, we still get that question and we've tried to um, portray that knowledge across um, our customer base, but we still get that question. So, you know, gone are those days. The new black mm-hmm. cloud can be shot out of any choke tube. Yeah, I remember back it was either use your factory, what you get, what came with it, or you had to use a black cloud choke tube that was specifically designed for that. Yeah. And we, you know, and what, what was nice for us is, you know, with, with, through partnerships with companies like Carlson's and, you know, he, he came out and said, well, I can design a tube for this and I'll optimize it. And we're like fabulous. So he did. And, and it went, and it went, you know, it's gone great. And we've sold a lot of product that way. So yeah, our, our stance was always use the factory tubes you had, or, you know, go out and find a, a black tube, black cloud choke tube that these guys have played with their tolerances and constrictions and got the most out of the patterns. So, so we even, so for now, like for the consumer, we, we, we printed it right on the top of the box. You know, we put one load, any choke to try to help alleviate those questions. Cause we know we got to reeducate a lot of people on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I didn't know kicking back here uh, to what you said at the beginning that when black cloud first came out, it was all flight stopper. I didn't know that. Well, that was just in the design process. In the design process, gotcha. Yeah. So eventually, we came up with that load, the close range load, and yeah. that's what that's what that is. That's one hundred percent flight stopper. Yeah, that is a that's a pretty deadly load. Uh, I've personally shot it, and when you get those birds in, you shoot that load, man. Uh, you don't have a follow up shot. <laughs> those things, yeah. stone cold. We, and, and we called it close range because, you know, after, you know, your pattern starts to fall off or, you know, you're, you're losing 70% is kind of that benchmark. You know, we want 70% at 40 yards and you're getting 70% right around, you know, 30, 35 yards or so. 
So you, you may not get as much range, but you got the extra energy in those pellets. And I mean, up close, it's, it's devastating stuff. Yeah. I like to, I like to get them in real close mm-hmm. and you use something like that with like an improved or a modified or something like that, an improved mod or something. Well, there's, there's one more element too, that we, we added to a black cloud as well. The new black cloud and, uh, and our speed shock loads too, is where we were always known for being a little dirtier in, uh, in our steel loads. And it was kind of a philosophy we had for getting consistent results. And we used a little bit slower burning powders and really hot primers that we're known for. So you got a hot primer to burn a slow, a slow powder. And that ballistically gives you something you can repeat day in and day out, you know, very consistent velocities. But the byproduct of that, the slower your powder is, the more unburned powder you're going to have in the gun. And we'd heard over and over, I love federal, but boy, your shells are dirty. So we looked at reform, uh, looking at different powder formulations. And then we came, we've developed what's called the catalyst primer, which is a um, a lead-free base to it. All primers on the market typically have what's called a lead stiffnet base. And this uses uh, different metals instead of lead. And because of the brisance, it's called, or it's a you know, fancy word, but like the power that the catalyst primer has, we're able to use some faster burning powders, and now we've got cleaner loads. So that was the second part of it, too, is that we listen to our consumers. We want to give the best because, you know, the the most the, the best thing we can do on any product we deliver is that it's going to go bang every time and that you can keep shooting every time. And if your gun's getting so dirty that you start to jam up, we, we've let you down. So that's something we really wanted to focus on. So new, cleaner burning powder as well. Um, and and I, I think, like, as you mentioned, we had heard um, customers, consumers um, talk about, you know, that the original Black Cloud was a little dirty and that they were leery to try this new stuff. Even working in store, you, you assure them of that. So um, that the, the new Black Cloud definitely does burn cleaner. And uh, we shot some. Last year. Yeah, last year we did some testing. And I definitely, I would I would say it does pattern really well. And I think we tried it out of multiple choke tubes, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah we, we, yeah, we were impressed with the performance last year. Um, but it was new to the market last year for us. So um, just one of those things when we've had a chance to test it, too, that when we speak about it, it's not just regurgitating what we've heard. We've We've shot it. We've patterned it. We've put it through multiple chokes. We've cut it open. We've looked at the pellets. So yeah, cleaner burning. That's, that's definitely a big thing because as waterfowlers, it's not like we clean our guns after every hunt. (laughs) It's usually maybe, maybe once a year, you know, after turkey season and um, before duck season. And then it usually doesn't see any sort of product or. There's hunters out there. And I've talked to some of them who haven't cleaned their gun in years or maybe since they bought it. it, yeah. Yeah. It is that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're hunting in like the worst conditions too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're laying in a dirt field or the wind's blowing or it's muddy or, you know, and that's why, you know, guns can be, I mean, they make, it's, it's the most important thing, you know, you gun and ammo is everything on a hunt. And I've seen guys have, you know, they drop it in the pond, they pick it up, just kind of pour the water out and they keep going. So, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty key, but yeah, you would think that we'd be a little more disciplined, but I'm right there with you guys. You know, I mm-hmm. might give her a little wipe down, but a complete tear down. It doesn't, it doesn't happen very often. No, not at all. Not mm-hmm. at all. So, uh, are there any other features in particular you want to hit on this new black cloud flight control flex wad, um, new cleaner burning powder? Um, was it, there a new primer or is that kind yeah. of the, the part of that whole system? Yeah. Yeah, it's called the Catalyst Primer. So yeah. that was, uh, I'd mentioned that before. But yeah, we do have a name for it. It's called the Catalyst, and that yeah. relates to cleaner powder. We wanted to make it uh, visually different so that, you know, if you had some old black cloud laying around and now you have the new stuff, you can tell the difference. And, you know, so if you put the two shells next to each other, you'll notice that the new one has a, a black nickel head. Um, so versus a brass head before, and then the printing is is a little better and a little cleaner. We invested in some better print technology. Um, and the black nickel head, what, you know, we wanted it to look cool, but we, we thought a byproduct of that was, you know, as small as it may be, you know, if you got a bunch of brass heads laying around in the field, you can get some shine off that. And we thought maybe we can dull it up a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, kind of gave it a, you know, pretty cool and a, and a kind of a badass appearance too. So it's so distinct pretty, for sure. It is definitely, yeah, we sell a lot of gun safes in store and the black chrome look was, is very popular. It's got that, yeah, it's just a good look. Um, but yeah, the shells have that, that black nickels kind of like reminds you of that black chrome and they're just black shell, black chrome. They, they look good. I was working with, uh, uh, Skip Knowles, the editor of well, um, waterfall magazine, um, or wildfall. 
And uh, he, when when I was talking to him about it, he showed it to me. He goes, "I'm kind of digging these Darth Vader looking shells you got here." <laughs> For yeah. sure. For sure, no doubt. So was there anything else you wanted to hit on the new Black Cloud in particular that uh, you want our listeners to to know? No, I think, you know, overall the lineup is is pretty much the same. Uh, We had had in the past from a branding standpoint, we had a load called the Snow Goose, which were the the, um, black and white boxes. Mm -hmm. And what we did on that is we found that people take you pretty literally and that they say, you know, I would talk with guys in Georgia and like, you got a faster too. And I'm like, yeah, it's in our snow goose load. And they're like, we don't have snow geese, you know, and they just look at you and you say, well, that's our faster too. So we rolled everything in and we call it high velocity. So sure. it's exact same loads an ounce and an eighth at 1635 and the three inch. Um, but now it's all branded the same, you know, we have double B's, twos, threes, and fours. And so, so and yeah, let's, let's go over that a little bit. Um, and we can start with the, I think, we by our sales we know 12 gauge three inches is more popular in the, the black cloud you have your ounce and a quarter black cloud which is that 1550 or 1500 uh 1450 1450 yeah that's right and then the ounce and an eighth is actually the high velocity at 1635 is what you just said and yeah. then then there's also still close range uh which is all flight stopper um, yes is that ounce and a quarter or ounce and an eighth no, ounce and a quarter ounce and a quarter and from there, usually um, from BB on, what do you guys go up to? Uh, four shot. So we got, uh, yeah, we go double B. And then last year, actually knew uh, we plugged in some ones too, which I'm a big fan of. So we got yeah. double Bs, ones, twos, threes, and fours. Gotcha. Does that, and does close range include that too? Uh, no, close range is just uh, twos and threes. Yeah, that's what um, I thought. That, that we have right now. Okay. And uh, let's see, I know you guys, uh, I'm trying to think, you've got 12-gauge, 20-gauge. What else is that? 10-gauge. Uh, so the we got the main ones covered. So we got 10-gauge uh, yeah. Yeah, gauge offering, 12-gauge, 20-gauge, and uh, potential expansion and, expansion and some other uh, gauges coming up in the years to come. So I'm, I'm excited about some of the stuff that hopefully next year right now we'll be talking about. So Excellent. Cool. Yeah, that's, that is cool for sure. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've got on the new Black Cloud specifically. That Well, and then another thing, what customers really like, and we've always, for the Black Cloud customers over the years, is these rebates that you guys oh, do yeah. every year. Um, it, I mean, as long as I can remember, I remember a Black Cloud rebate, but it's a $50 a case, limit to case rebate that you can do between August and January. That's just a great little deal to do. You get your two cases and get a hundred bucks back it's a pretty sweet deal yeah and we you know i mean it's pretty aggressive but we you know we're trying to drive you know choice and we want you know we want to give people a good value this year we actually added on top of that we added a dozen decoys so you can choose you know whether you want cash or decoys and that was kind of a an experiment on our part to see uh you know how much people would pick i think cash is the rules but uh but yeah we're just trying to give a good value to to the consumer gotcha absolutely so we've we've hit the new black cloud and new for 2018. You guys um, have created another new load, the black cloud TSS, and that you know people who are turkey hunters are familiar with TSS. And I know uh, in the spring we struggled to keep that in stock, any uh, caliber, any size. Was, it was hot. Yeah. It was one of the hottest items. And so I think a lot of that led to the, the combination of this load. But kind of talk about uh, how this Black Cloud TSS combo load came about. Yeah, like as you mentioned, you know, turkey hunters have been shooting, you know, TSS for a long time. And, and for, for those that don't know what that is, that stands for tungsten super shot. Um, metals are base. There's a, a scale of density and it's, and it's usually measured in what's called grams per cc or grams per cubic centimeter. And that's a number system. So to kind of give you a reference point, steel is around a seven density lead, depending on the anemone, but we'll just we'll average it out and call it 11. Um, bismuth is around a 10. So it's, you know, that's why I say it gives you close to lead performance, but it's lead free. And then you get into your tungstens and it just depends on how much tungsten ore that you put inside the alloy. So there's 10 density tungsten and the rest of it's made up primarily of iron or 13 density tungsten, which heavy shot is known for our old heavyweight that we loaded in Turkey was 15 
but this tungsten super shot is 18 and pure tungsten is right around if i remember right it gets in the 19s range so it's about as close as you can get to pure tungsten as possible and what density does for you is i I've, i use this example a lot but it's a think of a tennis ball and a baseball you know they're both round they're both roughly the same size but there's a lot more mass to a baseball and if you throw that typically you can throw the baseball an awful lot further than the tennis ball because an object with more mass is going to carry its energy and it's going to fly further in the air than with, than one that doesn't the object with less mass will start to die off quicker in the this scenario steel shot is the tennis ball and tungsten tss is the baseball so an object that's heavier is going to carry further. It's going to give you further density. And then a big part of it is so now you can use a smaller pellet. And this is where the turkey hunters really gravitated to it. So you can go down to, say, a number nine shot in this tungsten super shot at 18 grams. And it's going to be similar to a number five lead going at the same speed. You know, so in the tennis ball, again, I say if I threw a tennis ball at you at 50 miles an hour or a baseball at 50 miles an hour, you know, which one would you want to hit you? You know, mm-hmm. the, the tennis ball is not going to feel as bad. So we can take, we got a number nine shot that hits like a number five lead. Well, in a one ounce of nine shot, you get almost, or you take an ounce and three quarters of nine shot, you're almost double or more than double the amount of number five that you had before. So your pellet count goes up, you know, in, immensely and you're filling up your pattern more and you got the same energy of the load you had before. So that's why the turkey hunters love it. I mean, they want to put, if you could put 2000 pellets in a turkey head, you're a hardcore turkey hunter. That's exactly what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So we've um, so they've gravitated to these smaller shot sizes. So we've heard rumblings about it, or people talking about it. You know, it's it's great technology. The buy, the downside is that tungsten's pretty expensive. You know, if you're uh, if you're gonna be a hand loader, you're gonna go buy. You know, lead's gonna be a buck thirty to a buck fifty a pound. You know, if you're gonna go hand load some tungsten TSS, you're probably gonna pay forty nine dollars a pound. So it's a lot more expensive, and that's what adds to the price of the finished good. So kind of kind of long story in the background, but we decided we wanted to be, uh, you know, we wanted to factory load. We wanted to give turkey hunters factory load tungsten TSS shells for turkey. And we uh, we announced them. We came up with some pretty solid loads. Uh, sub-gauge is where it really shines because you have, you know, your pellet counts so much with the energy. In an ounce and a half, 20-gauge, you know, you got way less recoil. And uh, you're still getting plenty of energy to shoot a turkey at 40, 50 yards, and you're not getting beat up on the shoulder or in a 410 even. You know, I mm-hmm. shot my first turkeys with a 410 last year with a quarter of the recoil and just stoned one at 40 yards. So um, we announced it to the market. It absolutely blew up and went crazy, as you guys found out. Couldn't make enough. Couldn't couldn't sell enough. We sold probably three to four times what we actually thought we were going to. And the problem with it is tungsten is really long lead time to get manufactured. So we only had so much and we came up a little short on the market. Sure. But well, when we started running the numbers and looking at the energy and looking at the patterns during the turkey development, we thought I, we knew waterfallers are, are using this stuff, too. So we thought, how can we optimize a waterfall load? And it, and it lent itself really well to, to putting it in black cloud. Um, and the main reason is if you take one ounce or a half ounce of uh, tungsten, that doesn't take up a lot of space inside a shell. It doesn't take a lot of tungsten to get to that point because it's so dense. You know, it, 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 if you just pick up a pound, if you pick up a container of tungsten versus a container of, of lead or steel, you'll feel the weight difference immediately for the same space. So you got to somehow fill the rest of the space up in the shell. And hand loaders have been duplexing loads or using steel to fill that gap for, for quite a while. So they'll put in three-quarters ounce of tungsten and then fill the rest of the top with steel so that you can get a good crimp on the shot shell. And so we basically took that same philosophy. We put a we played with the numbers to find what gave us the best the best pellet counts and whatnot. But we took TSS tungsten, um, like number nine shot, and then a half ounce, and then we made the rest of the um up to three their ounce and quarter load so then we took three quarters ounces of flight stopper steel that filled up the rest of the shell gave us the good crimp and then the black cloud story still held true where you have 40 percent of the pellets were flight stopper and 60 percent of the pellets were tss tungsten by pellet count so we got this incredibly powerful load with almost double the pellets you have in a regular number three or a regular number b load with the energy that you can now reach out and shoot in 40 to 50 yards so yeah i mean just a knockdown power on that shell, man, from the flight stopper pellet, like we talked about earlier, having that that rim around that pellet, the spherical pellet, and then there's a rim around it, kind of like, I don't know, 
Is it like Saturn? You kind of, if you can imagine yeah. that. Um, We've it shot for a long time. Yeah. So that, that, that bores a, a bigger hole, a bigger wound channel. And then you have TSS that just hits hard. So uh, maybe on a, on a, on a follow-up shot or a later shot, you still have some power out there if they're, if they're at that 40 yard mark or, or a little bit past that. Uh, but also, I mean, you're talking, what I love duck hunting is when you can, you know, if you, we can pull the shot on a bird and it dump and it doesn't move, hardly even kicks a leg in the, in the spread, you know, after you shot, uh, you don't have to chase it around or, you know, shoot it again or, uh, you know, wait five minutes for the dog to get it pinned down kind of thing. You know, whenever you can pull up and pull the trigger once and that, that bird is, you know, when it's dumped and it's not moving another muscle, that's, that, that's enjoyable to me. Uh, cause you're, I mean, you're harvesting, you know, you know, efficiently and correctly. Yeah. And you think about like, you know, this, like in a snow goose setting, you know, what you'll notice immediately by, by shooting the blackout TSS is that you can shoot further and you're, you're not winging them. You're not sailing them. You're, you're killing them, you know, and that energy gives you that 50 yard shot. Now that that was tough before where that's where you, that's the scenario that, you know, I think of you talking about you, they come in they maybe finish a little bit further out. You take the shot that maybe, maybe necessarily, you know, shouldn't have, or, you know, in the heat of the moment. And now you sail with snow goose to three quarters of a mile and you got to run out there with your dog and try to run them down. It's, it was uh, astounding the first time we shot it. Um, some of our engineers, they said, his quote was, it was like we tore them from the sky, you know, which I thought was awesome. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. It's a fantastic product. Um, and it, and it's not even, you know, the, the energy you get from it, it's twice as dense as steel. So you think it's going to have more than twice the power when it, when it's flying through the air. That's, that's crazy. And I was, I, when Chandler was talking here, you know, you about getting those ducks, geese, whatever, and they're stone dead right there in the decoy spread instead of sailing them. I couldn't tell you, I mean, I've, I've done it myself, where you've hit a bird, you've winged it, you've sailed it, you know, it's, it's crippled, it's running off. How many shot opportunities I've missed at another volley that came in while I'm chasing down a bird, trying to run down a bird, or other birds are wanting to come in and they flare because you're fumbling around trying to, to get a bird that you're running mm-hmm. around chasing like, you know, and it just, it doesn't work. I know I've missed shots. I could name a couple opportunities last year or, you know, goose hunting. You're across the fence in the next field and more birds are coming in and you're, you, you have no opportunity because you yeah. made a poor shot. But here's another thing that I, I've, I've wondered too, and Chandler and I have talked about, and I know I've, I'm sure there's customers have asked when you're loading this new black cloud and TSS, uh, there's a, a couple things I want to talk about is what order those pellets as far as TSS and black cloud go into that shot shell. And then at what range does one surpass the other as far as yardage mark? Does that, you know, black cloud, you know, start to fall off at 40, 50 yards. And then that TSS goes through that, you know, what, what kind of pattern or what kind of testing in your testing did you find uh, as far as mixing that and, and what range that one falls off and the other surpasses and continues through that? Yeah, we uh, so we we looked at it both ways and uh, like which which shot do you put in first? And in the black cloud, when we say sixty forty blend, it is staged. You know, the the flight stopper goes um, goes in first, and then the, the regular steel goes on top of it, and that's by design to help uh, to help keep the flight stopper to stick with the regular steel and slow down the, how quick it might scatter as opposed. You know, typically if you can color coat the shot, usually that flight stopper gravitates towards the outside of the pattern. So. We think that's one of the reasons why it helps. You know, most of us, if you're like me, you're, you're usually behind them and uh, it takes a couple shots to catch up. And if you're getting a more powerful shot to, on the edge of your pattern, that might be what's clipping them and that's what's putting them down. So we do stage it on the TSS loads. We did it both ways when we did uh, pattern testing. We we started with flight stopper on the bottom and put the TSS on top and then we flipped it around and did the other way. And the patterns were about a wash. Statistically, they were the same. But what we did notice is if you can imagine you got big, you know, double B pellets with the, you know, because I didn't explain the lows. We do threes and nines and we do double Bs and sevens. So you got double B flight stopper on the bottom and, and small seven shot on top. They migrate down, you know, they settle into each other and they start to mix up. So we wanted to, to keep it separate. So we put the TSS on the bottom and we put the steel on top. 
Um, but as you said, at some point, just if you just think about what I told you about energy, mm -hmm. the, the tungsten does overtake it. You know, it does fly. And I, th I believe I, I have to confirm with uh, with their engineers, but I believe it was right around 25 yards that uh, we tried to capture that with high speed. Uh, camera to see when when they would just for kind of the science experiment of it and i think it was right around the 25 yards that you'll see the the um the tungsten start to overtake the steel and they flip places for where they were in the payload okay really? yeah that was kind of one of my questions i had no idea at what yardage that would take place so your tss is on the bottom your flight stoppers on top and at 25 yards is kind of that happy medium where they're all right there together and outside of 25 yards the tss Okay. Yeah. I yeah, that was one of those things I just kinda of thought about and I I know we'd talked about it, Chandler, yeah. but I didn't know, so that's that's kinda of good to know. So do you guys yeah, have and, a oh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and part of the reason, you know, we want to figure it out because you want to make sure like so if that tungsten's taken through the steel, is it gonna blow up the pattern, is it gonna bump into each other, gonna scatter it and, and we didn't find evidence of that whatsoever. So Really? Gotcha. So um I was gonna ask, did you guys what was the, the uh thought behind or the, or the engineering behind the picking of, of nine shot and the three shot and seven shot and the bbs is it is it a weight thing that the nine shot pretty much weighs as almost as much as a three or or was it yeah that was a big part of it was you know we, we could have picked anything um we wanted to get a solid pellet count and a good balance of energy and i thought you know when when we were looking at it if you your energy between that three steel and that nine the the three is going to be a little less but it seemed like you know you try to think of how people think too a lot of people shoot ducks with threes we could have gone with fours or we could have gone with twos um but we thought threes were right in the middle and so that made a good number and if you look at our overall sales you know it used to be forever you know in steel loads it was double b's twos and, and fours and in black cloud and in our other loads now we see it's twos threes and double b's those are the top three sellers so we picked the natural one that went well and um, it was kind of a blend of good pellet count, what seemed intuitive for people, and uh, and what pattern the best. And the threes and nines gave us a good combination, and then the double Bs and sevens. And we thought, you know, if you're thinking in terms of ducks and geese, people gravitate towards a double B load for geese. And the seven shot, you know, being that it's a little bigger than, uh, than the nines is going to give you that longer range that sometimes you need on geese too. Plus just overall bigger target. You know, you want to put more, a little more power on them. Mm -hmm. What uh, and hearing that, what dictated the percentage of of flight stopper and tungsten super shot as far as your your ratio mix? There was it was it a price thing to try and keep to keep it somewhat affordable for consumers? Was it uh, was there scientific reasoning behind that? Part of it was price. Um, part of it was kind of the when because we looked at we could have put you know a quarter ounce in we could have put three eighths we could have put a half we could have gotten more we didn't want to price it out of the ballpark i mean just because it's tungsten it's going to be expensive sure. and we didn't want to make it unreachable for everybody so a half ounce was a good price point it gave us good pattern and then when they did the pellet count it stuck to the 60 40 story of black cloud and we thought well that's a sweet spot so that seemed to you know it, it kept our our consistent messaging across the product line in in place yeah. So it was kind of for us it was like the perfect storm all came together. It just seemed like a good match. Excellent. And that and that load, does it have the flight control flex wad and the all the catalyst primer and all that new stuff? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yep. Everything everything that we updated a year ago we we added into that and that'll that'll be everything. Anything new we have coming forward will will maintain those elements too. Yep. And these are just offered in twelve gauge three inch. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, for now, uh, the the fastest to market that uh, we came up with was 12 gauge. Uh, we are working on 20 gauge, and, and we'll do our best to have that to you guys by next summer. And then potentially maybe a two and three quarter inch too, um, yeah. and maybe a little little lighter load. Um, it's it's kind of funny because you can I shouldn't say funny, but you can fit. You know, we'd still have to put a little bit of filler in the the shell, which is what we call regrind. So if you if you ever cut open a three and a half inch steel shell, you know, an ounce and a quarter payload, you'll see like little plastic pieces in there. Um, or heavy shot uses the flax seed, you know, and that's because you got to somehow fill up the space in there. And uh, uh, how consumers, how people seem to think is we could have done the same load and probably got away with a two and three quarter inch, but I think there's that perception that it's weak, you know, that two and three quarter inches for lighter recoil. And so that's why we, that's where the three inch decision came into play. Yeah. Sure. That's just one of those things that consumers are used to a three inch. You just, you got to yep. condition them yep. what they're conditioned to. You got to keep it. Stick you know, with it and make it happen. So. 
Absolutely. Chandler, do you have any more questions about the TSS? I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to think if there was any other questions I wanted to pick Daniel's brain no, about. I'm, I'm excited to use it this year. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I have plans to take it out. And uh, I, haven't, I haven't shot it yet. I added out a bird. Um, Teal season, I didn't want to use it, but I'm saving it for a good for a good uh, flight day or something, you know, a good, maybe the opening day of a big duck season here down in Missouri. Mm-hmm. But uh, when, when is that coming up? 20, let's see, the youth is it, season is that last, uh, the weekend, not the last weekend in October. I think it's the weekend before, because I think the last weekend in October is like a youth deer season. I think the weekend before that is youth duck season. So it's right around the, the end of October, 1st of November. It seems to to change every so often, but... Um, a lot of times, weather permitting, and now I say weather permitting, it's usually pretty warm down here that time of year, but uh, we've had some cool weather come through, and I think it's supposed to be uh, down into the 20s this weekend here, so that's a little outside of the normal for us, but hey, I'm I'm going to welcome it. Uh, I'm a deer hunter, I'm a goose hunter, I'm a duck hunter. Anything there is to chase, I'm out doing it, so this this weather, the first thing I think of is ticks and mosquitoes disappear, and the the other animals start moving a little bit more. So I get ramped up for it. I don't know about you. No, oh, it's the best time of year by far. And uh, I'm uh, I'm in Minnesota and it's been, I mean, I think we've had rain for eight days straight. I'm looking out my window. I see the sun now, which is kind of nice, but it's been, we've had a colder October. Um, so, and I think it's been cold up north. So hopefully that's driving some birds to you guys down there. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely had a pretty, pretty miserable, or like miserable as far as like the weather. I mean, it's been raining a week straight so far it, it rained like four days straight we one afternoon it cleared off and got sunny and then it's raining again today so the that seems to be the story right now i mean of course you know southeast and everybody they're getting tons of rain down there now and texas is getting tons of rain we're getting tons of rain you're getting t- i mean they just a lot of rain mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely which so. is fine man. that'll get that'll that'll get the birds moving everywhere they'll have plenty of water which is good so um I, I have no problem with that, but I know I've uh, I've shot the the TSS at turkeys before, and you know it's it's mind boggling. I have not yet shot the waterfowl load, um, being that it's new to market and the season hasn't opened. But I know that the performance on the turkey stuff is unreal, and we'll have customers come into the store and um, they'll say they you know they stoned a turkey at sixty yards with a twenty gauge, and typically that's just that's not possible with steel or guys with a twelve gauge that said they they didn't. They didn't range it, but they stepped it off, and, you know, it's 71 yards, and I'm thinking, good night. So the performance of TSS, I think, has spoken for itself uh, among turkey hunters. So, And that, that by far is probably my favorite is turkey hunting. So I'm excited to see what it can do with waterfowl. Um, yeah. yeah. And what I try to do and tell people is, I mean, the, the kinetic energy and the momentum um, of the, the TSS is absolutely re, um, ridiculous when you compare that to like if you, I don't, I can't remember. I've done the math before. Or I've looked up, uh, you know, by the velocity and stuff. Um, but I, like that number nine shot, I mean, what is is it hitting harder um, than the number threes as far as like kinetic energy? Yeah, overall penetration, you'll get uh, the number nine. You know, let's say we shot a, a gel blocker into the goose. We'll get four inches of penetration out of a number nine. You get about two and a half out of the three. So it's uh, it just has that yeah. more power to carry itself harder. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And that was like – you guys yeah, did that test at 40 yards, right? Yes. Yeah. I saw, I saw the I saw the pictures of the ballistic gel where it's uh, – yeah, it went – that TSS-9 went four inches. Yeah, and the, uh, the 7 and BBs was even more impressive, I thought, because it was like – I think the 7s went like six inches into that gel, right? Yeah, and the and the double B's go about four and a half. Now, do you happen to have the statistics? This is just my brain spinning here. So you said you got about two inches of penetration on that steel in the ballistics gel. Do you know at what range um, the TSS penetrated two two inches? Was that like sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety yards? Do you remember at what point it still maintained that same penetration? You know, I don't think we we post. I don't think we've done that yet. So okay. I, I don't have an answer for you. I would guess you'd probably. You know, you're probably going to be around 55, 60 yards. That would be my guess. Because pellet count wise, you, you know, you're making a, you're turning a 40 yard shot into a 50, 55 yard shot all day long. Mm-hmm. So, excellent, excellent. So, Chandler, what what are your other questions here? I'm we I'm talking about duck hunting. I'm ready to do it right now. 
That's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. I'm ready to get out there, get after the geese, get after the ducks, crane, maybe mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Uh, I've, everybody I, I know that has done it has said that it is a blast. It really is. What kind of decoys did you use, just out of curiosity? Uh, we had, uh, they had actual crane deeks, so they had some full bodies. Uh, I don't remember the brand. And then there was some uh, socks, too. So we set up some socks, um, just kind of set up uh, in the morning, spread, just kind of on the corner, and we hid in some grass. And uh, we were able to kneel down. It was pretty high. Some guys just kind of hung out by a hay bale on the other side of us. And, uh, yeah, they um, it was enough to get them to, you know, take a look, at least, you know, you know, they flew by nice and low. No, it was fantastic. It was, oh, yeah. it was really good. And we shot, and just for, you know, like, you know, the interest of science, I shot the three and nine load and just crumpled them. Really? On a big bird. So. Yeah. Hmm. I know I, I was thinking, too, about um, the TSS, too. Somebody, I, I've, I think when we originally posted it on social media, um, there were a few comments about people that were worried about that many pellets now in a shot shell. And what would that be like, you know, pulling that out of meat? I don't know if you, since you've actually been able to use it in the field, what your experience is like that firsthand, maybe. No, I didn't see, you know, and and we've talked about that on turkeys too. You know, if you're shooting a thousand, you know, we got some new loads coming out for this year in TSS Turkey that'll be a thousand pellet payload. And you can put 100% of those in a 30 inch circle and 60% in the 10 inch circle. So you're bound to get a bunch in the turkey. Um, but on the, on the cranes that we shot in the ducks, I didn't see any more or less than what you'd seen in, you know, from anything else. And, uh, when I got them home and I, and I breasted them out and I packed them up to put in the freezer, um, I found out of the 10 birds I had, I only found two pellets. So you were either getting really good penetration or we were, uh, you know, making good, you know, they weren't very shot up either. So it was good. We were making good shots, but I didn't see any risk, um, you know, above and beyond what we see today it's just like anything though we weren't right on our packaging you know look for that stuff because it you know steel's pretty can be pretty hard on your teeth and tungsten will be the same oh uh steel can be real hard on your teeth i know from Mm -hmm. experience snow goose hunting uh, a friend of mine made some jerky and of course jerky you're you know it's not like you just softly bite it you're ripping into it just to get through it anyway and uh, i found a, a i think it was a number two and luckily i didn't lose any teeth but I mean, for a week, my jaw and the side of my head and my neck were sore. And it just, it steel is hard on teeth. I can't imagine what tungsten, you know, as dense as that stuff is, too. It just, it, it can't be better. Yeah, I've had a similar experience. And just, yeah, I didn't, luckily didn't break anything, but it just, it, it kind of rocks you. You know, you're, you're not expecting to come to a sudden break like that. No, absolutely not. So, um, other than that, I mean, I, I can't wrap my brain around a thousand pellets in a shot shell. Yeah, that doesn't sound right you know it's crazy to think of <laughs> that that's crazy and i don't i don't see a turkey getting away if you hit it yeah stay stay tuned for that we'll uh maybe we can do uh talk some turkey coming up in, oh i, next, we, next I hope months. you better clear your schedule i can talk turkey most of the morning <laughs> into the afternoon so i'll absolutely uh look forward to that and we'll we'll get you scheduled on something there so um Let's. Uh, I, I don't have any final thoughts per se, Chandler. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to kick around other than this is exciting stuff? Yeah. New cleaner burning load, shoot through any choke. Uh, the TSS offers some really, really good knockdown power. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I mean, it's a little bit, it costs a little bit more, but I, I sometimes I feel like you don't maybe waste as much. You're a little bit more cautious of, shoot, of what you're, you know, shooting. You're not just always dumping your gun and, you're not always uh, educating birds like that, or you're just more aware when you're shooting a nice shell like that, and then you're you're hitting birds and, and not having to shoot them twice, mm-hmm. and, and potentially put more pellets into into the breasts and the meat and stuff. Um, I just think that's just a nicer way to, to to harvest, and that's what I enjoy doing. Something um, clean like that, you know, one or two shots in a volley good educating good shots not just you know dumping three and then you have a load that performs really well and really knocks them down um your your game tote fills up nice absolutely quickly, yeah and it's it's a load that we offer by the case or by the box so if someone wants to try it it's not like they have to invest in a whole case they can they can go to the website they can stop by the store and they can just try a box shoot it see what they think and then go from there um i know the you know we posted on social media and a few 
a few people have commented, well, it's just going to encourage sky busting, you know, a load that hits that hard that far. But I don't think that's the market you're really you're trying to capture with this load. It is a premium load. It's it's for the the, the guy that's used to shooting, you know, something uh, other than steel. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I don't think it's really the same market you're going after there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you look at. We, we all judge the distance when they come in and, you know, you're, you're thinking, I think what it'll help is more is when you misjudge and you think, you know, boy, or, or we reached out with steel and now you're putting it on. I think that that barrier is still there with duck hunting. We know when it, where a good finish is and where it's not and where we should shoot. But if it is further at the edge of where we normally would, you got more insurance and it's going to go down. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to in any way encourage that you should be going out and, you know, shooting hundred yard shots at, at no. snow geese that come in. But I think, yeah, I think it lends that. And, it, you know, it, it, I, and we recognize too, that it is a, it is a, it's a more expensive product. Um, and I, and I don't think as a company we're looking, you know, for, I mean, it'd be, if we could all afford to shoot tungsten, we'd all do it every day. Absolutely. Um, and as a company, I, you know, we're not expecting that by any means. So, and there's, there's all kinds of budgets. And I mean, you guys offer everything for everybody, whether it's, you know, speed shock or ultra shock in the middle and black cloud at the end and now black cloud TSS. So whatever your budget is, whatever, you know, whatever you're looking for, we have an answer for you. And, mm-hmm. and you guys said it great. You know, I said, just, just try it. You know, even if it's, you buy one box and that's your third shot, you know, that's the finisher, you know. I, I think you, the, I think you'll notice the difference immediately that it just has so much power. Well, and that's another thing too. Yeah. People think, no, you don't have to fill your gun with this every shot. Exactly. It can be that third shot. Yeah. Um, and, so, and that just, so the black cloud TSS is at 1450 also. It is. So yes. you could run your ounce and a quarter regular black cloud, you know, first if you wanted to, and then run that TSS yep. and you wouldn't have a velocity change or anything. You wouldn't notice the difference. Yeah, I, and when I when I was just just in Saskatchewan, I, I did that same scenario when we had Snow Goose Field. I, I did my first two shells were regular black cloud, uh, and then uh, I, I had my third one as a finisher. And, yeah. and I know one time it would work for sure. So. Oh yeah. Now, were you doing the the BBs and sevens, or were you the three and nine? I was going all three and nines, and then I had uh, um, I had double Bs for steel, and then three and nine, and I was more trying to push the limits of the three and nine and see what I could do. Mm-hmm. So. Now, j- just another thing uh, out of curiosity, were you kind of targeting that three and nine for the duck guys and that BB and seven for the goose guys, or it, what was the reasoning behind that? Just out of curiosity, I know I'm kind of getting back into things here. No, that, that was exactly it. You know, we thought more of a, more of a duck versus goose load. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then leave it up to people to, to pick which one they like the most. Sure. That makes sense. Um, other than that, any final thoughts, Chandler? No final thoughts? Yeah. Just ready for duck season. It's Absolutely. cold. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like light rain, drizzly, cloudy, cold today. Feels like I should be in a duck line, not in an office. Yeah, for sure. So it is what it is, though. So um, what what would be kind of your, your final thoughts, Daniel, on, on, this, uh, on the new Black Cloud or the Black Cloud TSS, kind of three to five words that really describe uh, your thoughts on it? Tears them from the sky. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I, that sums it up the best. Uh, that, I mean, yeah, that's that's a great quote. It tears them from the sky. 